So if you remember, for our church family, we started off January remotely. We did not meet for the first two Sundays together in January. We had to do it online because of the fact that my family, because we are around all of you all the time, it seems like, that if the Ackers get sick, chances are you might have been exposed. <laughs> Gratefully, that did not happen. But if you think about it, 2021 started off rough, right? Just started off rough. It was like, okay, 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 God, we can only go up from here, right? We can only go up from here. Um, and for the most part, we did. It wasn't to say it wasn't perfect. Remember, sometimes the ride of life is two, two things, I think. It's like a roller coaster for me. Either you're, you're going up like this, and then it's just a steep drop into loops and corkscrews and all that kind of stuff. But either you're going up or you're dropping. So it, it zigs, it zags, it goes up, it goes down. It's not a perfect line going forward. And that's, I think, the way it is even for us here at Summit Ridge. Right? We started off 2021 having to worship online. We started off 2021 with me and my family being sick with COVID. We started off 2021 all of a sudden in the realization that we are still not over this stuff yet. Right? And yet, we were still trying to get back to some normal church rhythm. And what I mean by that is getting back to what we did once before, right? We are creatures of habit, aren't we? We are creatures that love familiarity. I've talked about this before. We are people who love routine. We are people who love to know what's coming next, period, right? And so we saw this rhythm that all of a sudden now we as humans, and certainly us here at Summer Ridge, what we've desired to do was to get back to what we were doing before. But you know what the problem with that is? We will never get back to doing what we were doing before. It has forever changed. But that doesn't mean we didn't try to do some of the things that we think are very crucial to us to try to build that back. So when I look back at this past year, what are some things we can celebrate? What are some things that we can look back and say, God, thank you so much for doing this in the life of our church? Let me give you some that we did this past year. Summer nights at Summit Ridge. Fall nights at Summit Ridge, right? And soon to be winter nights <laughs> at Summit Ridge, right? We decided... And we, being the staff, said, you know what? We need to get our people back together. And so we began to come together of monthly events in the evenings, typically a Friday night, in which we began to do some fun things. And remember, our first summer night at Summit Ridge was a game night. And we just said, let's just have a cookout. We'll have games here. We'll have the, uh, I want to say Atari. I'm a, I'm a student, a child of the 80s. Um, forgive me. By the way, one of my first computers was a Commodore 64 right? Anybody, if anybody remembers what those computers, those were the best computers. Commodore 64, I could play phenomenal games on those things. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I just come, I'm a child of the 80s, which is why, you know, that new Ghostbusters movie that came out, I'm interested, but I'm very, very leery. You do not mess with perfection, 
right? There are some movies that should never be remade. There are some movies that you should just leave them alone because they are great as they are. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so here's the thing, is we began doing that. And then we did other summer nights at Summer Ridge, like the Hawaiian luau. Remember that? And then we did breakfast for dinner, which I was not able to be here for, but I was told was just phenomenal, that the bacon, who doesn't like breakfast for dinner, right? Um, bacon and, and all that kind of great stuff, right? And then um, we, we did, um, if you remember, we ended it just temporarily with the Fall Fest, our very first time we've ever done anything like that. There were so many people here, it was just unbelievable how many people were here. Man, and we began to once again gather together in community, once again enjoying each other's company, and what a beautiful thing that was, amen? After being separated for, for so long, it was great to come together again. Let me share another thing with you that we were doing this past year. We expanded our use of our facility here at Summit Ridge. Do you realize that this building is only unoccupied, maybe, maybe, on Fridays and Saturdays. Maybe. The rest of the week, this building is being used. Being used by all sorts of people and groups. Whether it is Hope Community doing their Awana and youth group here, whether it is AA and Al-Anon hosting their groups here, whether it is other things like ICS, who they were just here yesterday with the single moms, um, doing a class with them for several hours um, via Zoom as well as in person, that we could provide that technology and facilities, that they could have that space in which they can continue to educate and make their lives better, not only for themselves, but for their children. That partnership is phenomenal with ICS. Here's some other things we did. We served. Limited, but we served. Operation Christmas Child. Peanut butter. Do you remember that? Peanut butter. How many jars of peanut butter we gave away? Um, we, we served in those ways. And so I think about that, yes, those are some, some things we can celebrate. But you know what else we can celebrate? If for nothing else, is we're still here. We're still here. God is not yet done with you. He is not yet done with me. He is not yet done with Summit Ridge Community Church. Amen? Yeah. We are still here, church. I think we should celebrate that. We are still here. You all still show up on Sunday morning. You all still show up for summit groups. Which, by the way, that's another thing to celebrate. Do you realize the percentage of people who are involved in our summit groups? 70, 75% easily? It's huge. It's phenomenal. So here's what I want to do this morning, church. I want to take a little time out and let's worship once again. And as we do, I want us to sing a song called Great Things. And I want us to, as we're singing it, just be grateful.
for the things that Jesus has continued to do this past year in our lives and here at Summit Ridge Community Church. So let's stand and let's sing this, right? Coming on as our new director of worship has been fantastic, and that's been great to see as well. Um, celebrating with her and her family and just seeing what she has been able to do so far in our worship, it's just been very exciting. And I'm looking forward to what will continue to happen in the year ahead and years after that. So just a great thing. So here's the question that I want us to focus in on this morning, and that's this. Where do we go next, church? Where do we go next? What are the next steps? I, I, I'm always envious and at the same time leery of individuals who seem to have just this unbelievable picture of the future. And, and just like, you know, that's where we're going to head. That's the mountain we're going to tackle. That's the path that we're going to take, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and I'm just kind of, you know, kind of in awe of individuals like that, but I'm also skeptical of individuals like that because I don't know about you, but um, for me, been around some of that a long time now, or long enough rather, that there is always an aspect of, yeah, I really don't know for sure. Church, what I want to share with you this morning about an answer to this question of where do we go next, I just want to start off by saying I am not completely sure, but I hope. This morning I want to share with you a text of scripture, and it's going to seem like an odd text, but I want to share it with you nonetheless. And it's out of John chapter 6, and I want you to hang in here with me because it's quirky you might be thinking, Dan, where are you going with this? It's a quirky thing that's to share this passage on this day. But I think it really can maybe help us answer this question of where do we go next? And I want to read the passage. And then I want to kind of give you what is going on here after I read this passage. But I want to begin with verse 52 of John chapter 6. And it begins with the following. Then the Jews began to argue with one another, saying, How can this man give his flesh to eat? Hang with me. It's quirky. Okay, this is Jesus that they're referring to. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. None. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him, just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, the one who eats me. He also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not as the fathers ate and died, the one who eats this bread will live forever. Quirky, right? Hang with me, church. Hang with me. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. So then many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this statement is very unpleasant, do you think? <laughs> For different reasons. We'll get there in just a minute. This statement is very unpleasant. Who can listen to it? But Jesus 
aware that his disciples were complaining about this, said to them, is this offensive to you? What then if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh provides no benefit. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and our life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe him and who it was who would betray him. And he was saying, for this reason, I have told you that no one came to me unless it has been granted to him from the Father. As a result of this, many of his disciples left and would no longer walk with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, you do not want to leave also, do you? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and you have already believed And we have already believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Interesting passage, wouldn't you say? Let me set it up for you. Up until this point, the Apostle John has been sharing stories of Jesus doing some phenomenal things. He had been, you know, doing things such as turning water into wine. Oftentimes, you know, really kind of, you know, thought of as Jesus' first miracle. The first miracle that Jesus ever, ever did was oftentimes thought of as turning water into wine. And by the way, if you've ever looked in the internet, there are just a ton of memes out there. Um, I don't call them memes, I call them memes. Um, and there's just a ton of memes about this. And I always laugh because it's just, it's just very interesting. Let me just show you one I came across um, not too long ago. And it's, it's, do we have it up there? Yeah, there it is. Uh, ma'am, what's in the bottle uh, from the cop? Oh, just some water. Cop, ma'am, that's wine. Me, Jesus did it again. <laughs> right? Um, Jesus also, in, in his miracles, he, he walked on water. I mean, he walked on water. And not only that, Jesus was going around and he was healing people, even raising some of these people from the dead. It was unbelievable, some of the stuff. And then to top it all off, perhaps the most... Um, widespread miracle that Jesus did was that he fed 5,000 men. And I say men, and if you add the women and children, which you should in this story, chances are it was well over 10,000 people that Jesus fed using just a couple of loaves of bread and some fish. Just unbelievable miracles. And you know what was happening as a result of that? Is the people were eating this up. Literally. Loaves and fishes. They were eating it up. And not only that, they looked at Jesus and they said, I like this guy. This guy does some pretty amazing things. He walks on water. He turns water into wine. He heals people who are sick. And he feeds us. What better deal than this? from this guy. And by the way, as a result, all of these people were now following Jesus. They were coming to him. They were following him. There were thousands of people, perhaps, now following Jesus. Things were going well. The church was, well, the church didn't exist yet, but certainly Jesus did and was and is, and he is, his ministry is just taking off. It's just phenomenal. All of the growth that's happening and, and who else could have done that except Jesus, right? I mean, let's be honest. If I could perform miracles like Jesus performed miracles, that we would probably have this place busting open. We wouldn't be able to, you know, pack everyone in here, right? Just what, I don't do those stuff, by the way. I, that's not the gifts I have. 
right? I just don't do that sort of thing. I know one magic trick, and that's it. But it's magic. It's not real. What Jesus did was real, right? And all of these people were coming. And I bet the, the original 12 were looking around going, this is phenomenal. This is great. And all the way up to that point, it was. Ministry was going well. People were coming. People were following Jesus. And then Jesus speaks the words that I just read to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. And people began to say, whoa, time out. Um, I have a problem with what you're saying, Jesus. Now, to us, we look at that and we think, no wonder they had a problem with it. Jesus is literally saying, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood, which, by the way, uh, early Christianity, right? Early Christians, by the way, um, from the Roman authorities as well as from the Jewish authorities, when we first began to meet and gather as the church, one of the accusations that was used to justify persecuting us was the fact that we were cannibalistic. Because we ate the flesh and drank the blood of Jesus. There was even rumors that Christians, you know, started that Christians, if there was, you know, that they would use babies to do that. It was awful. Not true. That is not what Jesus is saying here. And by the way, that is not necessarily what the people were having trouble with, with, with what Jesus just said. It might be trouble for us. I get that. But what Jesus was saying and what the people heard, I believe, for the most part, was this. Jesus was saying, listen, listen, you can't just accept the miracles that I am doing. You need to accept the teachings that I will teach you. You need to accept me whole heart, mind, soul. You can't just accept one part of me. You need to accept all of me, the whole package. That's what Jesus is essentially saying here when he's saying, you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Now, we call that communion today. We do that in remembrance of the sacrifice that he gave. And in doing that, we also reaffirm our commitment to him to accept him fully and wholly as who he is. And I think sometimes, if we are you know, serious about it, is that there are a lot of people in this world today that love the miracles of Jesus, but they can't deal with the teachings of Jesus. Give me the miracles, hold the teachings. I'll take the miracles any day. It's the teachings I have a problem with, which is why I am convinced if anyone meets Jesus, one cannot simply walk away just saying that Jesus is a nice teacher or Jesus is a nice guy or Jesus is just simply this or that. No, no, no. You either will love this guy or you won't love him. And so Jesus, in the midst of the height of his ministry, of all of these people that were following him, of all of these people that were just in love with him for what he was doing, he exposes to them why they were truly following him. And in that moment, he says, listen, everyone, I, I realize that you love the miracles I am doing. I realize that you love that I'm, the fact that I'm feeding you and I'm healing you and I'm doing all of these great things. However, in the end, what you really need to do is accept me wholly, including the things I say to you. And it was at that moment 
that something equally amazing and certainly even devastating happened. People left him. People left him. What is interesting in this text in John 6 is that as a result, verse 66 of this, many of his disciples left and would no longer walk with him. By the way, right there in that text, that is the essence of a disciple. You know what a disciple is in that Greek context of that word? You don't, I'll tell you, if you don't know. I paid a lot of money to learn this. I want my money back. Um, but here's the thing. It literally, a disciple means to walk alongside with. To walk alongside with. These people, after hearing Jesus say what he just said and saying to them, you need to accept me fully, they chose no longer to walk alongside him and instead to walk away. To no longer be his disciples. In other words, Jesus, in one foul swoop, took his ministry that by all accounts that we would look at and say was incredibly successful, and then in a very short time, tanked it. Tanked it. And in fact, he even says, after everyone else is leaving, Jesus said to the twelve, who were the only ones left, you do not want to leave also, do you? You know, I think that that question is still there. I mean, they were enjoying all the fruits of this ministry. And then when it got hard, people left. People gave up. People, instead of choosing to continue to walk alongside Jesus, walked away from Jesus. And Simon Peter says this, and this is where I think this question comes in that I asked at the beginning of this. <laughs> Lord, to whom shall we go? In other words, Jesus, what, what, what would we do next? What would we do next? I mean, come on, where else would we go? You have the words of life, Jesus says, himself. And Peter affirms. Peter says, Jesus, you have the words of life. Where else are we going to go? Oh, and by the way, we gave up everything, everything to follow you. Everything. Where else are we going to go? You know what the amazing thing about what has happened in not only certainly our country in the past, in the world the past couple of years, but certainly even here at Summit Ridge, we have not been immune from this, have we? Is the fact that we have seen and what COVID did was not necessarily uh, change the church in how we've gathered and how people approach church and all that kind of stuff. It merely accelerated what was already happening in the church. Some of it good, some of it painful. The reality is, is that there have been people who maybe have left church. I'm not just talking Summit Ridge in and of itself, but in general. They've walked away. They've walked away. There are some people who unfortunately even may have walked away from their own faith. This is tough, Jesus. Or let's just be honest, I kind of like Sunday mornings to myself. I kind of like sitting in my PJs. I like having that morning off. It's nice. I get it. I think it's wonderful. 
right? So many people have changed. We ourselves have not been immune to that. And so the question is this, where do we go next? And I think Peter's words are very important here. We don't go anywhere. We continue to walk alongside Jesus. That's it. Let's walk alongside Jesus, brothers and sisters. This is not rocket science. Do you know what I love about the gospel and about the, the scriptures here? It does not take a rocket science, or scientist rather, to discern what it is that's being said. Anyone can understand what's going on here. So where do we go next? We keep walking alongside Jesus. Period. And there are some things I think that is very important for us to keep walking alongside Jesus about. One is this, in our mission. Remember, our whole, our whole mission statement here at Summit Ridge Community Church is this, to make disciples who serve Christ by serving people. Do you see the two important parts of that mission statement? The first is this, make disciples. Make disciples. It is not easy to be a disciple of Jesus. It's simple, but not easy. It is simple, but not easy. We need each other to continue to grow as disciples. And I want to tell you, one of the ways that we try to do that is that we try to do this through summit groups. We are trying to be very intentional about how we structure our summit groups, right? Understanding people's attention span, my included. So we let them last four to six weeks or somewhere in there because we understand afterwards, people begin to say, I'm kind of tired of this group. I want to change. I get it. We'll give you that change. It's all right. Give us four, between four and six weeks. It's okay, all right? There are some of us who can watch football games for three hours, right? Which, by the way, if you took out all the other penalties and all that other stuff, do you realize how long a football game would last? Less than an hour. Baseball, I don't think any of us can stand very much. Maybe we can. Anytime a sport needs a seventh inning stretch, you're in trouble. Anytime you need to have people dress up in hot dogs and sausages and do a race, right? I think you're in trouble. Listen, we can do this. To grow as a disciple of Jesus an hour on Sunday simply isn't enough. It requires more. But the second part of that mission statement is this, serve. We also need to once again get back to the things that we are passionate about. And here at Summit Ridge Community Church, we are passionate about serving. We are passionate about serving each other, and we're passionate about serving our community. For a couple of years now, we have not been able to do serve days. We want to get back to that. For some time now, we have not been able to do things such as disaster relief trips and rebuilds and all of those kinds of things that we've been able to go out into the community, even beyond our own community, and serve others in other areas, other states, we need to do that. We need to look at other ways, and we are exploring ways that we can once again engage these things of going out and sharing the love of Jesus in real and tangible ways to people who at least 
may know Jesus, may know of Jesus, or even at the worst, may not know Jesus at all. But because we're willing to go and serve, at least all those people will hopefully know that there is a Savior who loves them. Because His people are willing to show them in real and tangible ways that Jesus does love them. Our mission. We need to keep walking alongside Jesus. That's the first one. Here's the second one. In our community. And when I mean in our community, I mean us here in our community. These listening sessions are one thing that we have done this past year, these past several months in which the elders have been having intentional conversations with anyone in the church who wants to have a conversation with us. No, conversation is not the right word. To, to share with us and just for us to listen. And out of that, what we hope to do is that maybe in January, and that's a big maybe, we're looking to January, is that we are going to hopefully be able to hold a reconciliation service. Not so that you all can confess, but so that the leaders, myself included, can confess what we have done and to ask for your forgiveness. We think this is important. We think this is necessary. We think that because of this, in keeping alongside Jesus, we think reconciliation and restoration and new life and new creation and all of those things that Jesus came to bring us is a part of everything that we are trying to do in these listening sessions. Here's the other thing that I hope that we'll be able to do is that we will learn to have healthier relationships with each other. That as brothers and sisters in Christ, that we'll be able to say to each other wonderful, encouraging things, even if they're hard things. That we can go to each other if we have problems with each other and say, brother or sister, listen, I got to talk to you about something that's on my heart. Will you just hear me just for a second? In our community, I hope that because of these things and more, that we will allow Jesus to heal us. To heal us. Some of us may be discouraged. Some of us may be angry. Some of us may be hurt. And my hope is, is that as we keep walking alongside Jesus, that maybe, hopefully, we will allow him to heal us. And by the way, let me just say, brothers and sisters, today, healing sometimes hurts. Healing sometimes hurts. All right? Healing sometimes hurts. I will never forget the first time I broke a pinky, a finger. I was playing football, right? And I went to catch a ball, and the ball, football, landed right here, and I immediately heard it crack. Went out like that, right? Just, it did it, right? Go to the emergency room or the urgent care, and the doctor, without any sort of painkiller or anything, just takes my finger and he's trying to, thinks it's dislocated, yanks on it to put it back into place. Wow, did that hurt. He got it back into place, but it hurt. And then I had a cast all the way up to here for a pinky. I had to do square dancing at that time in gym class. Yes, we did square dancing. And I remember my partner was looking at me like, I got to hold that? I'm sorry, this is the best I can do. Right? Embarrassing. Sometimes 
brothers and sisters, healing hurts. But I hope that we will allow Jesus to heal us this coming year. It hurts. Here's the other thing, and this is more surfacey stuff, but I want to say it as well in our community, is even hopefully walking alongside Jesus is we understand that this building that we have here is ministry. That this facility that we've been blessed with is ministry, not only to us, but to the community that uses this facility. And there are a lot. There are some things I think we need to do to help improve it. There are some things we need to do. We've been blessed with this facility. It's like owning a home, right? How many of you are ever done with a project at your home? Anybody? That there's nothing on that list? Okay, the same is true here. This, this beautiful building that we have been blessed with, which, by the way, sits at the base of Push Ridge, right? Is just a beautiful location, right? Um, there are some things that we need to do to just help improve our facility, update it a little bit. And the reason why we want to do it isn't because we're surfacy. The reason why we want to do it is because that this building is ministry. And we want to make sure that any person who's here, whether it is us or any outside group that comes into this place, knows that they are loved and cared for. Because Jesus loves and cares for them. It requires funds. It requires some man hours but I think we ought to do it because it's ministry. What we do here helps to share the gospel. I'll flesh that out in a little while of what that looks like. Some of you might you know, be like, oh my gosh, that's a little scary. It's not big stuff, but it's stuff I think is important. Enhancing our worship experience as well as online, as well as in person, doing some things out in the Welcome Center area as well, some things in the fellowship hall. Some of those things need, I believe, to be done. We're looking at having our kitchen redone so we can move out of the 1970s. <laughs> right? I mean, the Bee Gees are good and all, but time to move on. Time to move on. Bell bottoms are coming back in style. I, I, not, this kitchen never will. Okay? There are just some things that we need to do here, brothers and sisters. And yes, I hope that you will be willing to step up and help make some of these things a reality. We'll flesh that out in the year ahead. And finally, I hope that we will continue to walk alongside Jesus in our own hearts. That we will not give up. That we will not walk away. That we will continue forward. I love what Dietrich Bonhoeffer said. He said this, salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you your life. Brennan Manning said this, what makes authentic disciples is not visions, ecstasies, excuse me, biblical mastery of chapter and verse or spectacular success in ministry, but a capacity for faithfulness, buffeted by the fickle winds of failure, battered by their own unruly emotions and bruised by rejection and ridicule, authentic disciples may have stumbled and frequently fallen, endured lapses and relapses, gotten handcuffed to the flash posts, and wandered into a far country. Yet, they keep coming back to Jesus. That's what I want to call us to. Brothers and sisters, this has, may have been a hard year for you. Hard year for me, a hard year for us. 
But my message is this. Don't give up. God's not done. God's still here. Let's keep walking alongside Jesus. Apostle Paul shares a couple of things about this. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says this, Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be firm, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We're doing great things here, church. We may not realize it in the moment, but trust me, it will have eternal consequences, benefits, impact. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 through 14 says this, Brothers and sisters, I do not regard myself as having taken hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, let's keep walking alongside Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, I am grateful that when it all is said and done, all the things that we may do here at Summit Ridge, the events, the worship services, everything that in the end, Jesus, our heart's desire, I pray, would be that we would know you more, that our love for you would be deepened, that others who may not know you would come to know you, that those who do would just continue to grow. Father, I pray, please, for your encouragement that we would not give up, that we would keep walking alongside you, Jesus. I pray, Father, that you would complete the work that you have begun here, not only in our own lives, but here at Summit Ridge, Jesus. And that one day, may we have the privilege, the honor of looking back and seeing the impact we had. Not because of what we did, but Jesus, what you did through us. We are your people. You are our God. Lead us, Jesus. And may we always follow. In your name we pray. Amen.